looking at uh, prayers of our early uh, American fathers. And this one happened, we've looked at, uh, see which ones we've looked at so far. Uh, her, an hurricane that uh, scattered the enemy's fleet after prayer. Then George Washington had uh, four, two horses shot under him and, uh, and his coat had four bullet holes in it. He was unharmed. Then we looked at the Boston Tea Party um, and that uh, after Jefferson's fasting and uh, resolution. And tonight we look at the battles of Lex Lexington and Concord. September 7th, 1774, the Continental Congress met in Philadelphia. John Adams wrote, when Congress met, Mr. Cushing's made a motion that it, it should be opened with prayer. It was opposed by Mr. Jay of uh, New York and Mr. Rutledge of South Carolina because we were so divided in religious sentiments. Some, uh, some Quakers, some anti or Anabaptists, some Presbyterians, and some Congregationalists. Mr. Samuel Adams arose and said he was no bigot, and he could, he could hear a prayer from any of the gentlemen of piety and virtue, who was at the, at the same time a friend of, this, of his country. The next morning, Mr. Duch read several prayers and the 35th Psalm. I never saw a greater effect upon the audience. It seems as if the heaven had ordained this Psalm to be read on that morning. So get a chance, read the 35th Psalm. After this, Mr. Dutch unexpectedly to everybody struck out into an extemporary prayer which filled the bosom of every man present. I must confess, I never heard a better prayer. Six months after the Continental Congress first met were the battles of Lexington and Concord. The Massachusetts Provincial Congress, led by John Hancock, declared on April 15, 1775, in circumstances dark and these as these, it becomes us as men and Christians to reflect that while every prudent measure should be taken to ward off the impending judgments, the 11th of May next be set apart as a day of public humiliation, fasting and prayer to confess their sins, to implore the forgiveness of all our transgressions. The British planned a preemptive strike by marching to Lexington and Concord to seize their guns and arrest Sam Annual, John Hancock, and other revolutionary leaders. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, poem, Paul, Paul Revere's Ride, described how patriots sent a warning from Boston to New York, uh, to Old Church, to the people of Lexington and Concord that the British were coming. Listen, my children, and you shall hear the midnight cry of Paul Revere. Hang a lantern aloft in the, law, in the belfry arch, one if by land and two if by sea. Though Paul Revere was captured, William Dons and Samuel Prescott continued their ride. In early dawn, April 19, 1775, American Minutemen, as the poet Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, fired a shot heard around the world by the confronting the British on Lexington Green and at Concord's North uh, Bridge. That same day, April 19, 1775, Connecticut Governor Jonathan uh, Tumble uh, proclaimed a day of fasting that 
God would graciously pour out his Holy Spirit upon us to bring us through a repentance and effectual reformation that our iniquities may, iniquities may not be our room, that he would restore, preserve, and secure the liberties of, of this and all the other British American colonies and make the land a mountain of holiness, a habitation of righteousness forever. New England celebrated, celebrates April 19th as Patriots Day. Again, Ralph uh, Waldo Emerson wrote the Concord Hymn in 1837 to dedicate a monument where the Battle of Concord Northbridge took place on April 19th, 1775. At the base of Daniel Chester's uh, French Minuteman statue are the line's poem most uh, famous stanzas. By the ridge, by the rude ridge that arched the flood, their flag to April's breeze unfurled. Here once the embattled farmers stood and fired the shot heard around the world. The foe long since in silence slept, alike the conqueror silence sleeps. And time and ruin bridge was swept down the dark stream that seaward creeps. On this green bank by this soft stream, we place with joy a votiful stone that memory may that memory may their deeds redeem when like our sires, our, daughter, our sons are gone. O thou who made those heroes dare to die and leave their children free, bid time and nature gently spare the shaft we raise to them and, our, and thee. Less than two months after the Battle of Lexington and Concord on June 12, 1775, the Con Continental Congress under President uh, John Hancock declared Congress uh, declaring, uh, considering the present, uh, present con uh, critical, alarming, and clamorous state, do earnest, earnestly recommend that Thursday, the 12th of July next, be observed by the inhabitants of all the English colonies on this continent as a day of public humili humiliation, fasting, and prayer, that we may, with united hearts and voices, unframed confess and uh, deplore our many sins and offer up our joint supplications to all the to the all wise omnipotent uh, merciful uh, disposer of all events humbly beseeching him to forgive our iniquities it is recommended to all christians of all denominations to assemble for public worship and to abstain from uh, labor and recreation of said day the conflict was now underway that in eight years would end the America, that would end in American independence. So that was quite interesting. You're, I'm hoping you're finding some of this interesting. I found it to be interesting as is American history. Yeah, well, some of you are sitting on your head, some of you are sleeping. <laughs> Maybe we all, all should take a, a course in American history again. <sighs> Thank you for all the amens on that one. Okay, uh, let's look at the nugget tonight. To be prayerless means to be defenseless. To be prayerless means to be defenseless. And so we see that our forefathers adapted prayer, used prayer, so they were not defenseless, they were strong. So we need to be the same thing. Okay. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks as we look to the word this, this evening, that our eyes, 
of our understanding may be open, Father God. And Father God, uh, we will be secure, Father God, in the things that you, you will show us this evening. Amen. Uh, I think we've all heard the phrase, you're just like your father, you know, or like father, like son, or maybe the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Uh, who, are, who we are or get our inspiration from, often we pattern ourselves after them. Their influence can be good or bad. The choice becomes totally ours. Um, and the definition for influence, the power to affect others without exertion. The power to affect others without exertion. In other words, they come on their own. They, they, um, they're influenced that way. And of course, there's another familiar saying, uh, do as I say, but don't do as I do. Well, you know, um, that shows a little bit of uh, hypocrisy in, in, in some lives. And uh, it leads people in the wrong direction. Uh, so if you'll turn with me now to 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Old Testament. We will go to the 27th chapter, 2 Chronicles 27. And we'll begin with verse 1. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 27, verse 1. Jotham was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jerusalem. She was the daughter of Zadok. Verse 2. And he did that which is right in the sight of the Lord. You know, as you read, as you, read, as you are reading or have read through uh, the Old Testament, you're finding out a lot of the uh, apparent heirs to the thrones, to the kings, they either did good or they were evil. So we see here, he is what? He did right, which was in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah did. Howbeit, uh-oh, there's always something, there, you could say, but... Howbeit, he entered not into the temple. Now he is the leader of the, the Jewish race or, or, or this part of, the, uh, of Judah, King Ju of, of Judah. But he doesn't go into the temple. Thus the people did yet corrupt. Wow. So I'm going to read that from the Amplified, that last second verse. He did right in the sight of the Lord to, ex to the extent of his father Uzziah had done. However, he did not invade the temple of the Lord, but the people still did corruptly. We're, we're talking about a, the sphere of influence. If you're wanting a title, it's sphere of influence tonight. Um, uh, a little background um, on Jotham. Uh, he didn't go into the go into the temple because um, his dad. Look at verse uh, chapter twenty six, and looking at verse nineteen. Uh, 
Uh, this is his dad, King Uzziah. This is Jotham's dad. Then Uzziah was wroth, and he had a censer in his hand and burned the incense. And while he was wroth with the priest, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priest of the, of the house of the Lord from besides, beside the incense altar. In other words, here's King Uzziah. He overstepped his boundaries. He wanted to do something. He says, if the priest can do it, I can do it. So he took a censer and he walked in there and started swinging that thing like the, the priest would do. And, uh, it's not his place to do that. It was not his place to do it. And we see leprosy comes on him. So now, years later, we see Jotham. He says, I ain't going to go in that church building. Something ha can ha if something happened to Dad, it can sure happen to me. The sphere of influence. Um, some people may not think, some people may, some may not think not going to church is not such a bad idea or it's awful, but since a lot of people refrain from going to church uh, themselves, so, you know, some, I am not going to go to church, you know, the bad things happen to go to church, you know. Uh, they pick your pockets, they're always asking for an offering. All, all they do is jump down your throat for doing little things, you know. I can't wear this, I can't do that, I can't, I can't, I can't. They never find anything good they can do. It's always a can't. So they don't want to go, they don't want to attend church. Um, so uh, the statement of, uh, of uh, Jotham also, we're going to see what, what took place here. He, he took something from his dad. He said, I ain't going to church. I ain't going to step in that place. I'll, he did a lot of good things. But he never stepped in church, so he was a bad example for church attendance. You could put it that way. Now, let's see what happened to, to his son. Are you ready? Chapter 28, verse 1. Isaiah, uh, Asa was 20 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. But he did not that which was right in the sight of the Lord, like David, in other words, he did the same thing as his father did. He wasn't going to do anything right. He took the bad, he received the bad things from his Jotham, his father, and, and didn't receive anything good. He went the wrong way. So we see a sphere of influence. What kind of influence are we having? Or what kind of influence do you follow? Is what we're going to be looking at, trying to attack tonight for ourselves. Jotham's son did not fall in the footstep of the previous schemes as far as personal lives were concerned. Um, Isaiah's disobedience was, was the least part of his influence, it was part of the influence by his father, Jotham. An excellent character, to have excellent character, must be lived out daily in our lives to be an influence to promote goodness. So we have to have an excellent character. Uh, in our lives, if, if someone is watching us, uh, you know, I can remember. Here I tell myself again. You know, I told my wife, well, I'm a Christian. Yeah. But she said, well, we met in the bar. Uh, <laughs> and then she says, well, 
You were doing the same thing I was doing. You were drinking, you know, dancing, you know, all that type of stuff. And so what kind of influence was that? <laughs> so, you know, you've got to watch yourself. People, people look at you. Maybe, you, you know, you don't think uh, you're influencing people, but they see what you do or what you have done. And then they align themselves up. They, they use you for a measuring stick. Well, I'm better than them, so, I, you know, they go to church, but I'm better than them. They did the same thing, and I'm not being a hypocrite about it, you know, because I won't go to church, and they're a hypocrite going to church. So you can see they're balancing themselves out uh, against what influence that you are providing for them, good or bad. And we don't want putting out bad stuff. We can make the world a better place because... If we have a positive influence, um, know that each one of us has some influence on another person's life. Although you might think yourself rather insignificant and unimportant in the world's uh, sight of involution, involution, and highly thought of people. <laughs> You have influence. Each and every one has influence. What you do. Each of us has influence, influences others as we pass through this life. Be a positive influence. Be a blessing to those you make contact with. Their life here on earth can be changed and possibly their eternal destiny will be affected if you have the right influence on people. What are you doing out there? Or what are you, well, what are you doing at home? What are you doing on the job? And what are you doing off the job? What's your influence? Well, he's an old crab. I see him driving down the road and he's shaking his fist at everybody that goes by. Hello out there. They took my parking place again. Uh, hurry up. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> Uh, the other day I was shopping. Here we go. Day of shopping, you know, I got my basket loaded, and, and here one person ahead of me. I go running up there, and you know, see these other lines, you know, they're scrying. Nobody's, nobody's, you know, I see somebody starting to walk toward there. I pushed my cart up there, and you got in line, and she's, you know, the uh, checker's doing this. And all of a sudden she picks up the sign closed. She says, I got three minutes, I'm going on break. I looked at her and looked back over there. All the lines are filled, and here I am. Roll back. And I'm thinking to myself, how terrible this is. She cut me off. I, I was, you know, I could have been out of here. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm looking at which line is going to be. And all of a sudden, another check comes walking up to another register, opens it up. So I didn't get too awfully mad, but, you know, Maybe I'm learning patience. I don't know. But, uh, you know, people see you when you do things like that. You know, you grumble and complain. I didn't grumble and complain. I just said, oh, no. You know. yeah. I wasn't as bad as I was in, like I told you, in the time in the chow hall in the military. I, the guy, you know, what do you want? And he, I said, I want some of that, and he just slapped it on there. I got mad at him, you know, what are you getting Poor guy. It was, I was getting off a graveyard, so he was just beginning his shift as, as uh, 
online cooking. I mean, when you see the people's shock on their face when you do something wrong, I mean, it's just, oh, I just rubbed it off like a duck, you know, water. Just, eh. I did apologize after a while, after I saw him a few days later. You know, you have to swallow your humility, uh, humility sometimes, you know, but uh, uh, he understood. I'm hoping he did. <laughs> All right. We, gotta be a, we have to have a positive influence on people, okay? Um, now let's go, we're getting ready to close this off already. You, you think I'm fast, I'm getting faster. Let's go to the book of John. John chapter 21. Oh, let's begin with verse 1. John chapter 21, verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed himself. Verse 2. There were together Simon Peter, Thomas called Denimus, Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee, and the two sons of Zebedee. Anybody know who the two sons of Zebedee were? James and John. All right, good. Thank you. And two other disciples. So we don't know who those were. It doesn't say. Look at verse 3. And Simon Peter said unto them, I go a fishing. They said unto him, We will also go with thee. They went forth and entered into the ship, and immediately that night they caught nothing. Well, here we are. Peter, you know, Jesus already passed away and well, risen from the dead, but, you know, it's just not. Jesus is gone. You haven't seen him. You know this. This is terrible. So Peter was um, had full of care, anxiety, perplexed. He was desperate. So he announces he's going fishing. Well, it's not just going on a fishing trip. You know we're going to enjoy ourselves. He says, "I'm going back to my fishing trade." And look what happens. He influenced how many others? He influenced six others to go with him. Now, that's terrible news. They're supposed to go out and do what? Spread the gospel, go into all. But he's going to go fishing. Oh, boy. But then, as they came back, they didn't catch anything. Uh, then Jesus met them on the seashore. Uh, this was the fourth, fourth time that Jesus appeared unto them. And he destroyed some of their the enemies that had faced the, the, the uh, disciples. Uh, the first time he showed himself, uh, they were all, they were sorrowful at that time because he had passed, you know, Jesus had died, so sorrow was dis dispensed with. Um, fear was dispensed with because they were fearful that uh, they would be next in line because uh, the Jews and the Romans were out after him, but that, that fear was removed. Uh, doubt was removed when, it, when he appeared in the upper room with Thomas there. And now he takes care of care. What, what were they going to do? He's caring for them. He provided food to them. Jesus gave, then, then Jesus gave Peter the ministry of feeding uh, his uh, sheep. Uh, Peter's life was transformed 
so were the other lives of the others apostles. So uh, if we'll turn to Acts chapter 15. See, how much of a influence was Jesus on, on, on them after he did that? In Acts chapter 15, oh, pardon me, not 15, but Acts 5. Acts chapter 5, went too far. In Acts chapter 5, verse 15. Acts 5, 15. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the very least the shadow of Peter passing might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. So something happened. Something, Jesus... Um, affected them. There was some influence upon, G, upon Peter because people were getting healed by his shadow. Jesus didn't even have that. Just have your shadow pass over somebody and they were healed. Wow. So that, that's something that we can look forward to. It says in the last days, we are in the last days, mighty things will begin to take place. Maybe you're going to want your shadow to be just like Peter's. Hey, that'd be kind of neat. Just walk in the walk in the hospital room and just let your shadow go over people. Wow. Go go into the drug centers, or rehab places. Put your shadow. You put your just put your shadow over them, and they they would what's what what they call it going, getting off cold or what do you call that. Cold turkey stuff that you know they're 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 cleared up. Nothing, no backlash or anything coming back. Okay. In fact, all the apostles demonstrated great and mighty acts wherever they went. They influenced the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, leading many to salvation. And that's how we got here. Somebody told somebody, and they received, and that somebody told that somebody, and they received, and somebody came unto you and said, you know. I, I really love you, but you know your life is looking bad, or you know there can be something better for you. And you, your ears opened up, and wow, wow, that sounds good. I mean, I'm not going to be in a bad place. I'm in a good place. Jesus forgave all my sins. All those bad things I did, they're not there. I don't have to worry about them anymore. And then you went out and told somebody else. Amen. Glory to God. Influence may be unconscious. Your influence may be unconscious. You don't even know about what's going on. Okay? You may not be aware of your influencing somebody else. More things are caught than taught. Okay? Example, a father was speeding down the highway, had his child on the lookout for the highway patrol. Okay? Okay. This father should not be surprised later if his child disregards, has a disregard for the law or law enforcement officers. Well, you know, dad did it, I can do it. You know. A child will have caught the bad attitude from his father or whoever they feel, you know, um, they want to mimic as they grow old. 
Yeah. Um, let's go to Proverbs chapter 22. We're going to bounce around a little bit here. In Proverbs chapter 22, This is something we can't have an influence or mim mimic some people. Um, verse 24, math, uh, Proverbs 22, looking at verse 24. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go. In other words, don't hang around. Don't follow these individuals. They'll influence you in doing wrong things. How many have ever been influenced to do the wrong thing? Don't raise your hands. You know. I think we've all been caught doing something or hanging out with somebody that uh, you knew was uh, not good for you, but you did it anyway because it put you in the in crowd. Uh, nobody liked no, no. I think I'm talking above you guys because I don't think. <laughs> okay. Proverbs 25. Look at verse 23 again. The north wind drives away the rain. So doth an angry countenance and a backbiting tongue. Watch who you're around. They can influence you the wrong way. Um, we've all seen the gangster movies um, or the cowboy movies when, when the bad guys come into town and and they're beating up, you know, the, the townspeople. And uh, they beat up one, you know, one guy real bad and says, if you don't fall in line, you're going to get it too. So what kind of influence is that? People see that, that I ain't going to get beat up for that. So they allow the gangsters, the, the bad guys, to rule. We can't have that. And, Technically, I'm going to have to put it out. Technically, that's what the media is doing today. They're out, out doing lies, trying to influence people, trying to influence people in the wrong way. We need to be careful of what we hear and see. Okay, uh, Proverbs 14. Let's back up. Proverbs chapter 14 this time. We'll get on to some good stuff in a second. Verse 7, Proverbs 14, 7. Go from the presence of a foolish man, then thou shalt perceive not in him the lips of knowledge. In other words, go from the presence of a foolish man and the self-confident man, for you will not find knowledge in his lips. Get away from these in, in, individuals. We need to be an influence on them, them not, not them having an influence on us. Um, Oftentimes, especially in school, when you're a youngster, getting into school, you look at the, you look at the kids in the old upper grades, and wow, I like to be like them, or I like to get you know, be buddies with them because you know they're they're ruling, they're ruling the school. You know they got. Sometimes it's bad news. You don't want to get. We don't want to be influenced by wrong people. And unfortunately, too many people are that way. Okay, Proverbs chapter 10.
verse 18, Proverbs 10, 18. He that hideth hatred with lying lips and he that utters a slander is a fool. We can't be foolish. If we're foolish, that means that we're influenced by anything that comes along. Proverbs, back up to Proverbs verse uh, chapter 9. Verse 6. Proverbs 9, 6. Forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of the understanding. Ver, uh, from the Amplified, verse 6. Leave off simple ones, forsake the foolish and simple-minded and live. Simple-minded often are swayed into or... or have in, are influenced by the wrong people. We can't be simple-minded. We have to be grounded in the Word. And let's go to two more. We'll go to the New Testament. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. This is all on the bad side of influence. Romans chapter 1. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Watch out for those that say they're wise, they'll try to influence you. And it goes the opposite direction. And then you want to go to the book of Galatians, uh, chapter 3. We'll see how, how people are swayed to become foolish. Galatians 3. I may have written this one wrong. Let's see. Verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you, that you shall, should not obey the truth before those eyes Jesus Christ has been eventually set forth, crucified among you. So from the emphasis, O you poor and silly and thoughtless and unreflecting and senseless Galatians, who has fantasized or bewitched you or influenced you or cast a spell over you. So we have to be careful, in the, especially in these last days. It says in the last days, even the very elect may be deceived. We are in the last days, and you know, we've already talked about some things that are being brought into churches, uh, like, you know, they say there's no virgin birth, Jesus didn't raise from the dead, or that... Uh, you can get to heaven by any means. Out, you know, even outside of Christ, you can go be Hindu, Muslim, you know, whatever. It's a Jesus, it's a Jesus, I am the only way. And uh, when, when you say that, people will come against you uh, and say you're, you're not uh, politically correct. They hate you for the truth. Know that we are Christians around the world are being hated for the truth. They're being martyred for the truth, trying to convince, you know, if you don't do it our way, we're going to kill you. Well, uh, who's your influence going to be? The Word of God or mankind, okay? Going back to... Uh, second... Chronicles there. Ahaz had uh, the son um, may have disregarded 
for God because of his own father's attitude towards the things of God. His father said, I'm not going to go to going to church because my father came out with leprosy. I ain't going to go in there. So um, Ahaza, or Ahaz, uh, so I'm not going to go there. So everybody else said everybody else did corrupt things because they didn't have any. Uh, I, I, I ran across a young man who had a family. He, he was raised in a Christian home. Uh, he's not a young, well, he's young compared to me. And uh, he has children of his own, but when, when they were growing up, I asked him, you know, I asked him, hey, uh, why aren't you getting your, bringing your children to church? He says, I'm going to let them make up their own mind. Well, that's plain dumb and stupid. Because the kid's not going to want something. They want to do what they want. And so, I don't know... Lost contact with this individual, but I can almost guarantee you that his kids are not in church. They don't have a love for God because he did not raise them in the way that he should. What kind of influence did he have on his children? What kind of influence do you have on, well, if you don't, of course, most of us already have kids or, or around kids, you know what, what influences them. I can ask the other, what, what influences your kids in school, in math class? Take out your phone. I can ask Christine, the kids that she takes care of, what influences those kids? You know? You know. Mary, what influences the students in your classes? What do you think influences them? Everybody has a different deal. But if they don't have a solid, good influence to follow, they just are scattered right now. I'll put it that way. Um, okay. And there was one parent, okay. There was one parent who was upset when he, he learned that his teenager was on drugs. And here's the reason why. He only goes to church and to school. But he was influenced by somebody in the youth group to take drugs. So, you know, even though it was a good place, you, could, you need to watch out. Even if you place your kids someplace, or you're in a good place, you think you're in a good place, you can be influenced by bad, bad things. So we need to watch ourselves. Got to hurry, man. It took longer than I thought. Uh, let's go to 1 Samuel real quick. 1 Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 22, we'll look at some good influence here. 1 Samuel chapter 22. 1 Samuel chapter 22, and we'll look at verse, begin verse 1 and 2. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adillam. And when his brethren and his father's house heard of it, they went down hither to him. Verse 2. And everyone that was in distress, everyone that was in debt, everyone that was discontent gathered themselves unto him. Wow, how would you like to have a bunch of people that was on the downside want to follow you around? I think most of us, 
most of us would say, man, that's going to drag you down. Get rid of them, David, because they're going to pull you down. You know, David was strong. Samson was not. One woman took Samson down. Here's six, here's, you read here that there was five, 400 men in this area that came to David as distressed and so forth. And then later on it says in 1 Samuel chapter 23, looking at verse 13, David said unto his men, which were about 600. So they, they grew to 600. And these, my, they became mighty men of valor because they were, were around David. He was a positive influence. He influenced them in a positive way. David was a living testimony for God. Uh, such a position of true believers today shows an outward form of a testimony of, of God. So if you're a true believer, you need to have a good influence on the people that you come around with, come, come in contact with. And let's go to, um, this is the last uh, scripture we'll look at. Go to Psalms chapter 16. In Psalms chapter 16, Psalm 16, looking at verse 3. But to the saints that are in the earth and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. In other words, here it says, God calls them the excellence in the earth, those who have right influence. If you have a right influence, he says, you're the excellence of the earth and furthermore, you are his delight. Wow, that's pretty good. If you are doing things right, you influence people right, you are his delight. You are the excellence of the earth. Influence is not self-directed. Influence is not self-directed. It, it, is, it is not a matter of you directing to whom you want your influence to be on or how long you want it to be upon them. Since influence is office, office often unconscious, you may not be aware of how far it spreads. You don't know how far your influence goes. Um, I can look back 50 years to a lady that uh, led me to the, well, helped lead me to the Lord. She had a great influence in my life. That's 50 years ago. So you don't know how long it's going to be. You don't know how long the influence that you have on, on somebody, especially uh, those that have jobs, uh, not jobs, but uh, that have, that work with other people on jobs, your influence on them, you don't know how long it's going to be, how, how it's imposed upon them. Good things. Staying true to God, being committed and faithful are traits that will influence others to hunger and thirst for God and the things of God in their lives. So we need to accept the challenge to be an influence to others for God. Our relationship with God is precious to Him. Our relationship to God is precious to Him. Is our relationship to Him is precious? His relationship to us is precious. He, he loves us but do we have the same 
relationship or affection for him. Good thought. Okay, again, sphere of influence. What's your sphere of influence? You can be good. You are good. You're called to be. Anybody need prayer? Well, of course, we had prayer early, so let's all stand. We'll close off. And Father, we're praising you, and we're giving you praise, and we just give you thanks, Lord, that uh, I'm believing that each and every one of us has a better understanding of the influence that we have upon others. May that influence, Father God, give you glory and honor, Father God, as uh, we touch the hearts and lives of individuals, Father God. Individuals we may never meet, but they see us. And they recognize who we are and what we are doing. And I thank you, Lord, it be all for the glory of God that they see the benefits, Father God, of being a child of God. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that we accept the challenge that goes forth. Give us each a good night's rest for tomorrow's endeavors. We're thanking you, Lord, Father God, that we are blessed and that what we put our hands to is blessed also in Jesus' name. Amen.